Hello and welcome to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. My name is James Early. Thanks so much for joining me today. Each week we take a fresh look at the Bible and dig down beneath the surface of things to the deep spiritual lessons of God's love for each one of us and how to live that love in our daily lives. The goal is to get back to the original Christianity of Jesus with his focus on healing and salvation and his message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So let's jump right in. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode number four. Today's topic is, Are you afraid to love as much as Jesus did? This is a pretty big question because think how Jesus loved. He had so much love and compassion for people he met. He healed them. He ministered to them. He fed them. He preached to them. He talked to them about God. He helped them in any way he could spiritually. There was so much love there. So can we love that much? Why don't we? We're afraid sometimes. Let's first talk about how Jesus loved. Before we really answer the question, can we love that much? I think it's important for us to look at the way Jesus loved. One of the things that strikes me throughout the Gospels is when Jesus is with the crowds and the multitudes and he's healing people and he's helping people and he's talking to them, he sees the struggles they have. And the Bible says several times, he was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes because they were like sheep without a shepherd. His heart went out to them. He just loved them. He wanted to do whatever he could to help them. That's a good place for us to start. Do we have compassion? When you see the multitudes, do you have compassion or do you want to run the other way? Or do you feel judgmental or fearful or all kinds? We have all kinds of emotions when we are in the multitudes, when people are reaching out for help. Jesus responded with compassion. I think that's the first step in us learning to love like Jesus did. But let's go a little deeper here. Let's look at how Jesus actually loved. Jesus says in John 15, 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Jesus loves us the way God loves him. Wow, that's really pretty incredible love when you think about it. It's not just some personal human love. It's divine, and it comes directly from God. It's a deep, spiritual, eternal, perfect love. Then he says in verse 12, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So that means we're supposed to love each other the way Jesus loved us, which was the way the Father loved him. We're supposed to love each other the way the Father loves Jesus. Again, this is really heavy-duty love. This is really powerful stuff. To me, that brings up the question then, if we're supposed to love each other as much as the Father loved Jesus, how did the Father love Jesus? How much did God love Jesus? You have to stop and think about these things. I don't know that I have all the perfect answers on this one, but it's something we ponder quietly. And, and you can ask God, talk to him and say, God, show me how you love Jesus. Let me experience that love. That's a, that's a humble prayer where you just want to be in the presence of that kind of love. So this has kind of given us the model that it's a pretty high standard to love that way, to love the way God loved Jesus. 
Jesus said something else about love that was really important. I think we have to remember he said, John 14, verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's one way we express our love to Jesus is that we keep his commandments. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments because you love me, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. That sounds pretty good. If we keep his commandments, we're going we're to live in his love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Why did Jesus keep the Father's commandments? Because he loved him with all his heart. So that's the way we express our love for Jesus to keep his commandments. If you want to get all this in context, read chapter 15 in John. That last verse was John 15, verse 10. Is it really possible to love each other that way? Well, I think it has to be possible. The answer has to be yes, or Jesus wouldn't have given us the commandment. He wouldn't have told us to do something we were incapable of doing. He expected us to rise up to that high standard. We really have to answer yes to that question. Yes, we are able to. But the next question is, do we do it? No, we don't always do it. And why not? Because, well, there are lots of reasons. Usually it's because we're afraid or we're just absorbed in our own little world. We don't want to bother with it. Why should we be afraid, though, to love as much as Jesus did? Well, look what they did to him. Here was the most loving man that was ever on earth, and they eventually crucified him. The religious authorities of his day did not appreciate all the things he was saying and doing because he threatened their authority. I think sometimes we're afraid of the consequences. If we have to love that much, oh my gosh, think what might happen. Are we going to take beggars into our house? Are we going to stop and talk to everyone on the street and tell them how much we love them? We we don't even know what that means. And so we just say, well, I'm too busy. I don't have time to do that, or I don't know how to do that. I think sometimes we're afraid we're not able to or we're not worthy of doing it. We're not as good a person as Jesus. He was Jesus. He could love that way because he was the son of God. But we're just us. I'm just little old me. Who am I to be able to try and love that much? That's really an excuse. We all know that. So we do have to make a conscious choice to strive for the kind of love that Jesus wants us to love each other with. Another reason we don't do it, as I said, sometimes we're just so busy, we're so caught up in our own little world, we have our own little agenda, we have our own little way of doing things, and we don't want to be bothered with something else. We don't want to take time to help all those other people or love all those other people. Well, Jesus expects us to. So if you love Jesus, you will keep his commandments and you will love each other, and that includes yourself, love your neighbor as yourself. We will love each other the way the Father loved Jesus. That really is a commandment. Let's look at that language again. This is my commandment. This is John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Boom. End of story. It's a commandment. Jesus is saying, do this if you love me. If you don't love Jesus, you don't have to do it. You're off the hook. But if you say you love Jesus, you've signed up to participate in this love everyone the way the Father loved Jesus operation. One Sunday morning when I was driving to church, I was praying for the congregation and just trying to love them all and appreciate everyone that was going to be there. And all of a sudden, God interrupted my little prayer, and he said to me basically, quit loving them with your heart. I give you my heart. I want you to love them with my love. 
that really blew me out of the water. So I started loving them in the best way I could with God's love. It's kind of hard to put into words, but I was trying to use God's love to love them with. It was a transcendent moment because it was not just little James Early trying to love these people, and they're all wonderful folks. It was this powerful presence of God embracing them with his love. I was really inspired that morning in church. It was a wonderful experience, and I try to remember that when I'm loving someone. It's not just little old me trying to love someone. I'm reflecting all of God's love for a person, a group of people, all mankind, whoever I'm praying for. So I invite you to think about that too. Don't just use your personal love. Tap into God's love to love people with. I wanted to share an experience I had a number of years ago when I was living in Boston that taught me a really, really important lesson about loving in this way. I had taken the day off from work because a contractor was coming to install storm windows and they were supposed to be there, you know, sometime in the morning after 1030, whatever it was. And that morning during my prayer time, I had been doing my normal Bible study and everything, but then I opened up to the first chapter in Hebrews where it says in verse 9 that God anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness beyond and above his companions. Three things really came to me. Jesus was certainly the anointed one, the Messiah, but we all have a little of that anointing. It sort of spills off on us from him. And somehow that gave me a sense of peace. I, I felt a little bit of that anointing of the, the Christ Spirit in my heart. And the next thought that came to me was that I knew that in Jesus' life and the early church, there were a lot of healings through God's power. And I had seen God's healing power in my own life, and I had friends in my church and other churches I knew of healings that were taking place just through God's power and God's love. In my own mind, I just affirm that the healing power of God is available today just as much as it was in Jesus' day. And then the third thing that hit me straight between the eyes was, yeah, but James, you're afraid to love as much as Jesus did because look what they did to him. Right that moment, I decided, at least for today, I said, for today, I refuse to be afraid to love as much as Jesus did. It was this epiphany for me, really. I looked at my watch and I realized I had to run out to the neighborhood store because I didn't have any Windex and I needed to clean my windows. So when the storm windows were put on, the dirt wasn't trapped in there. You get the picture. So I ran out the door, down the end of the block, and I crossed the street and I turned left. This is on Columbus Avenue. I lived on a little street called Concord Square. If you know Boston, you know where it is. So I just turned left on Columbus Avenue, and this man approaches me. It was not a pretty picture, I have to tell you. It was a warm summer day. It was, it was about 1030 in the morning. It was already hot. It was during the summer. And this guy had on a wool coat. It was caked with filth and grime. It was just solid dirt, it looked like. His hair was dirty and matted. He smelled like he'd been sleeping in the gutter or worse. He came right up to me. And usually when I see these people, you know, when you live in a big city, you see people like this all the time. He looked like he was a homeless street person type of a person. Anyway, he came up to me, right up to me, and said, I need $2 for a drink, kind of in this forlorn voice. I mean, at least the guy was honest. Usually they say they want it for the bus or something. Well, the interesting thing was here, I had just had this prayer to love as Jesus had, and I was not even consciously thinking about what to do or say. And the words just came out of my mouth. 
You don't need a drink. You just need to feel loved. And the man started crying. My arm, sort of on its own accord, went around his shoulder. I went over to him. I put my arm around him, and he just bawled like a baby. I just felt so much compassion for this man. So we went and sat down on a stoop, and we sat there, and we just talked. He told me his story. He had been a deacon in his church, and he had done something terribly wrong. He either killed someone or almost killed someone. His church and his family and his friends all ostracized him. They said, you've done this terrible thing. God will never forgive you. And so they wouldn't talk to him. They wouldn't let him come to church. They kicked him out of their lives. And he felt completely dejected, and that had been 20 years previous. And all this time, he was feeling this burden of sin. And I just spoke to him from my heart. I don't remember everything I said, but the first thing I said was, God can forgive you right this moment. And he really appreciated that. He kind of gave a sigh of relief. I quoted some passages from the Bible. He soaked them up like a thirsty sponge. We talked for about 10 or 15 minutes. And as I said, I don't remember everything I said to him, but I just loved on him. I tried to talk to him and encourage him. And he, he visibly changed. At some point, he said to me, I feel so much better now. I don't really want to get that drink. I should get something to eat, though. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give you that $2. Go get yourself a sandwich. Believe it or not, there was a diner down the street that at that time you could actually get a tuna sandwich for a couple of bucks. So I gave him the $2 and all in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I got to go get this Windex. I was sort of torn because I needed to get the Windex. I didn't want the people to get to my apartment and me not be there and they'd have to come back and all that stuff. Or they put the storm windows on without me cleaning the outside of the other windows. And so in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, I got to go down here. This little neighborhood store was like half a block down from where we were sitting. So I was trying to rush there, but I didn't want to ignore his needs. And I asked him if he had a Bible and he did have a Bible. And I thought, well, do you have an address? I can send you something to read, something that might be helpful. And he did. Well, I didn't have a pencil or a pen, so I said, why don't you come with me to the little store? And he did, and I got a pencil and a paper from the store and got his name, and I actually did mail him some stuff to read. I never heard from him, unfortunately, and, you know, he, he was in God's hands and not mine, and that was fine. But the interesting thing is when we stood up to go on to the store, because I explained I was in a hurry, he said, you know, my stomach was all full of cramps this morning, but I feel totally fine now. I feel completely well. This man was healed of stomach cramps and fear, really, just from our conversation, well, and feeling loved. And I wasn't talking to him any different than I would talk to anybody. I didn't feel some big inspiration from God. I was just talking to him, pouring out my heart to him. As we were walking down to the neighborhood store to get the Windex, he said something interesting. He said, I don't live in Boston. He lived in some suburb. It was a pretty good ways out. He said, I don't know why I came into the city today. I don't usually come into the city like this. And I said, well, the funny thing is, I don't usually come out at this time of day either. If I hadn't had to go get that Windex, I wouldn't have been out and I wouldn't have met you. And on top of that, if I had been a minute later, you would have passed my cross street and I would not have seen you. Or if I'd been a minute or two sooner, I would have already been in the store getting the Windex when you walked by and I would have missed. And he said, I think God brought us together. And I said, you're absolutely right. God had prepared my heart to love as much as Jesus did, and he'd prepared this man's heart to be receptive because I'm sure he must have been praying all those years. Anyway, it was just this wonderful moment of divine choreography. I love to think of God as the divine choreographer. God brought these two people together, and both of us were blessed. It was a wonderful experience.
And I learned an important lesson there that we do have the ability to love the way Jesus did. Now, have I done that every day of the rest of my life since then? Absolutely not. And I'll tell a story on myself a couple of months later. One afternoon, I was going downtown. I was going to meet a friend, and I was walking. It was a beautiful day, so I decided to walk, and I met this man. His arm was in a sling, and he was asking for money. He'd broken his arm, and he couldn't work, and he needed groceries for his family, and he was distraught. And I usually had a policy of not giving money because you never know. I have softened on that. I'm much more likely to give somebody a few bucks these days than I was way back then. In my little self-righteous way, I said, well, I won't give you any money, but I'll be happy to pray for you. He got mad at me. He started cursing God. He felt like God had done this to him, and he blamed God for the problem he had. And I tried to talk to him. I tried to change the conversation, and he wouldn't have it. He was just absolutely mad and angry at me. And I realized from that is you can't just say the words you're going to pray for somebody. You can't just say the words God loves you. You have to feel it in your heart. I was not all prayed up in that case. I had not had a spiritual aha moment before I was going to meet that friend that afternoon. And when I met that guy, it was sort of like it was a rote thing to say, a little pat answer, and it didn't do any good. I've thought about that experience many times since then. What would have happened if I had said to him, look, I'm so sorry. I'm in a hurry right now. I'm supposed to be meeting a friend, but give me your address and I'll bring you some groceries later. This was way before cell phones, so there was no way I could get a hold of my friend to tell her I'd be late. But I could have done something. If there had really been God's love in my heart that day, I could have found some way to help that man. But I was absorbed in my own little world, and I didn't. Just think what would have happened if I had shown up with a bag of groceries. He had a wife and some kids. I I don't remember all the details. If I had shown up with a bag of groceries, I might have been able to reach him in a way that I couldn't just with words on the street when he was desperate. Anyway, it taught me a big lesson. You can't just say the words. It's a constant discipline to love as much as Jesus did. And it's a tall order. It's not easy, but it is possible. And, you know, we have to start with moments. We have to start with one day at a time, sometimes one minute at a time. People like to say, what would Jesus do? Let's take that to how would Jesus love? How much would Jesus love? Then we need to say, I'm going to love that much too. I'm going to love as much as I know how to love. I'm going to love with God's love, not just my love. I want to encourage you, and I'm going to invite you to make that commitment. Accept Jesus's, well, it's really a command, but I'm going to call it an invitation as well. He's really inviting us as well as commanding us to love each other, to love all mankind, and even says love your enemies. We all know that. It's not always easy to do. I'm going to ask you to accept that invitation to love as much as he did, to love each other as much as God loved Jesus. I know that's a big order, but it is possible. And the first step maybe is admitting that it's possible. Yes, even for you, you can do this. I know you can. If I can do it, you can do it. We're all working on this together. So I invite you just for today to love as much as Jesus did. Jesus told us that we can do it. The presence of the Christ and God's love is what empowers us and allows us to do it. You're not doing this on your own. It's not the human mind and the human heart and the human will cranking out love. No, it's really setting those things aside and using God's love to love anyone, everyone, yourself included. But we do not need to fear the consequences. We don't need to be afraid to love that much because God's love 
is supreme and it's all powerful. So I'm going to close with these verses from John chapter 15. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. That's where we all live when we obey Jesus' commandments to love and all the other things he says. We live in his love. We live in the Father's love. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I so much appreciate you, and I'm so grateful that you're here. If this is the first time you're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, or if you haven't yet done so, I hope you'll subscribe and leave a comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your experiences of how you've put this love into practice in your own life. This is episode number four. So if you go to the show notes page, thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash zero zero four, you can leave a comment down at the bottom. And I'll put these Bible verses that I've quoted on the show notes page as well. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you'd leave me a review. The best place to do that right now is on Apple Podcasts. Also, I'd appreciate it if you would share this with a friend. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can do so at The Bible Speaks to You. Thank you so much for listening. I'm James Early with The Bible Speaks to You. God bless.